Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go to the North Austin Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Bring in John Costco, a pro football focus. What's going on? What's going on, G. Bush? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. You know, let's get it right off into this thing, man. I've been, t- I've been talking about preseason games. There's three of them on the slate. For me... I wouldn't play. There's guys on the team uh, for the Cleveland Browns that are are some of the most injury-prone people in, in the game. Um, I wouldn't play none of them. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would just – I would wrap them dudes up in, in, in bubble wrap and put them on the shelf. After what I saw uh, last year uh, during COVID and, and guys not being able to play preseason games, um, I, I just wouldn't risk it. I mean, the Browns have guys that are injury prone. They they have a great roster. Um, they need to work through some things, of course. But I, I can't ha- I can't afford to have people coming off injuries that are that get hurt. Where do you stand on preseason? What are your thought process on how important it is for preseason games, uh, and especially for guys in the league after what you saw last year? I think it's important for younger players or teams with new coaches that are learning a new system. Uh, you saw what happened with the Cleveland Browns. They basically needed to use the the first six games of the season like a preseason uh, until they really found their groove on offense. Um, and defense was, was never really strong, but um, I think across the league last year you saw offenses really kind of torch defenses for the, you know, the first half of the season, then offenses kind of did taper off, but, I think from a you know younger player's perspective, or from like I said, the, a new coach coming in there, teams you know teams probably need those those preseason games. Um, you know, you're talking about specifically Cleveland Browns. You know, I think the you know from an offensive perspective, everything was clicking for the Browns last year. You're not going to be able to pick up right off where they they left off. But thing, the only thing that you would want to kind of get a, a kind of get a feel for would be getting Baker Mayfield and, and OBJ on the same page. Do you want to risk OBJ getting injured in the preseason just for them to be on the same page when you can do that in practice with him, you know, not being have, have being at risk of getting hit and, you know, maybe doing something, uh, you know, bad, catastrophic to his, his knees? No, you don't. So I would say that, you know, for these guys that are injury prone, you, you, you don't probably don't need preseason games, um, but you, you do want to get your, your young guys reps though. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I would be – you got to think about it, man. The, 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 and, and I think when you're talking about practices, I don't think people understand when people are saying, oh, let's get on the same page. What does that really mean? 
Like, I, I mean, being on the same page is like, okay, do you know the route you're going to run versus cover two? Did I see cover two? Did I throw you the ball? Did I lead you or did I sit you down in man versus zone coverage? Like, it's a bunch of things that goes on to being in the same page. And and you can do a lot of those things without having to, you know, fight and do a, a lot of different stuff like that. Um, you know, let, let's talk about you know, one of the things that, that I kind of discussed a little bit um, in, in general was, you know, the underrated versus the, uh, uh, you know, underrated positions. Right. You know, there's positions on the field which have been a little bit devalued. And you'll see this a little bit in terms of the, you know, preseason is coming up. Um, guys who may be cap casualties, guys who may make a lot of money that play certain positions. Uh, the team may feel like they can get a little more uh, out of a younger guy and be able to cut a veteran and save some money. When it comes to uh, positions that are, are underrated, overrated, or whatever the case may be, there's a few positions that I heard some information on, and I, I heard a couple really interesting takes on, and I, I wanted to get, get this by you in terms of the numbers and how you you guys view and analytically look. When you look at running backs, running backs obviously have been you know devalued from a sense because you can you, people say you should never draft a running back in the first round. I heard an angle that says receivers are now rapidly becoming uh, the new running back where you, you don't need an elite receiver like Julio Jones or Devontae Adams or whatever the case may be or DeAndre Hopkins. You can you can get away with some younger receivers or receivers that, you know, can can do some of the same things that are cheaper. Um, where do you come out on the receiver position and the value in the pecking order? Do you believe that position is is moving more towards, um, you know, under or overrated in, in terms of what you need to do with that? No, no, absolutely not. I would say that the wide receiver position is still very valuable to to a team, especially an offense. You look at the two teams in the Super Bowl last year: Tyree Kill, you know, one of the top receivers in the NFL. Um, you look at the other side of the ball, uh, ball where Tom Brady had the luxury of being able to throw to Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown. Those guys are all, you know, top tier type wide receivers um, where, you know, Godwin was drafted in the second round. Edmonds was a first round pick. Antonio Brown was a sixth round pick, but we all know the type of talent those guys have. But, um, and then Tyreek Hill, what, the reason why he wasn't drafted until the fourth or fifth round. So if, if, if you can find an elite wide receiver, you need to, try to acquire him to your team i think you saw it with the cleveland browns last year browns didn't have an elite wide receiver on the field in in the playoffs and that's what hurt them and and that especially in that game they lost against the kansas chiefs because they didn't have uh, elite type wide receivers that could separate against man coverage and the team the teams that made it to the super bowl they did packers who made it to the nfc championship game they did they had a Devontae adams stomp the stefan Diggs with the buffalo bills they made it to the afc championship game because they have an elite wide receiver. So not only is, is it important to have a whole, whole well-rounded team, but adding those elite wide receivers do, do a tremendous amount to your team. You can have average wide receivers across the board, that's, and they'll, you'll do well with them, but I don't think you're, you're not going to be able to t- take it over the top and be that Super Bowl-type champion team. You can do that with, a, with, with average to good offensive linemen because moving from an offensive lineman that – that's an average guy to an elite guy doesn't add so much, you know, in terms of wins to your team, but doing that from a wide receiver position where you go from average to elite, 
it adds a lot more to your team because it just adds that, that element of dynamicism that you can stretch the field, can do so many different things that you can't, you can't do with an average wide receiver. Let's drill down on that a little bit. Um, because, you know, I like talking about the philosophy of team building and the philosophy of where you put your interest or allocate assets to on your football field, right? There's a lot of different ways you can build a team. Uh, you know, most people say you have to do it through, you know, it's a passing league or whatever the case may be. When you talk about receivers specifically, um, I, I think that a true number one receiver makes a number two receiver better, um, even better. Um, do you believe there's a correlation? Because I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere with this. I, I think that um, when you look at the skill set of Jarvis Landry and, and um, Odell Beckham, I think people don't take a look at the ways that uh, Odell Beckham can make Jarvis Landry better as a receiver because he doesn't have to do some of those same things and he can run the routes um uh, that he's used to and, and like running or is more accustomed to based on his skill set. Um, do you guys look at that in, in terms of, okay, uh, how effective a number one receiver is and then look at the number two receiver and see how he benefits that? It's not something that we've specifically looked into, um, or at least that I've, I've looked into. Um, but in terms of just having that, like, I think, I think it goes along with the fact that if you have that elite wide receiver, it makes your whole offense better. So there's there is the fact that like if you're you're talking about a guy that you know like say Devontae Adams who's who's the, the number one graded wide receiver last year, um, he opened everything else up for the rest of those guys who you know if you look at a Robert Tunyon nobody would talk about him to be a any type of an elite tight end. But he had production-wise a fantastic season. You look at the the rest of those guys. You, you know, you talk about uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, Alan Lazard. None of these guys you write home about talking about. These guys are you know surefire number twos. But a Aaron Rodgers makes them better. But like Devontae Adams being out on the field makes them better because Devontae Adams commands so much attention. Those guys are running free open because. This, that you have to pay attention to what Devontae Adams is doing. And same thing applies to the Cleveland Browns with OBJ and, and Jarvis Landry. Now, Jarvis Landry is a, is a good number two receiver, but if you have to make him your number one, he's not enough. He can't be that effective guy, especially if you're going up against elite competition like, like what happened in the, in the playoffs. So OBJ opens that that those windows for, for Jarvis Landry. It takes double-team pressure off of him. And it also takes away the number one cornerback away from Jarvis Landry, and it now is on, on OBJ. And Jarvis Landry has to go up against the second or third best cornerback uh, option because of you know where he can be lined up. He can have be moved around the formation a little bit more. So they, adding that that elite wide receiver makes your whole team better, and that's you know that's where we kind of looked at it you know from a from a team building standpoint. Talking to John Costco on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Of course, he's from Pro Football Focus. Joins me consistently here on the barbershop uh, during football seasons. And most of the year, um, does a great job at Pro Football Focus. Let's go ahead and, and transition to another position that I think is um, in, in, in flux, right? Um, I, I think before um, I think before 2005, mid early 2000s, safeties were a big part of the game. 
Uh, you've seen Dawkins, you've seen Sharper, you've seen Darren Woodson, you've seen uh, some of these really big hitting safeties, right? Um, the rules changed a little bit, and you can't hit a guy low um, like he's, he's defenseless. <laughs> you can't hit a guy up top because guess what? He's defenseless. So you, you get, you're get getting uh, evolution of more smaller guys, guys that can play the football, guys that roam the, the honey badger, guys that are really good like uh, in, in terms of playing in space and covering people do a little bit of both things. Um, the Browns got John Johnson this year. And um, when you look at the safety position, is the safety position now, um, is that that position becoming o- overrated or underrated uh, in, in terms of what it can mean for a defense and how important it is for roster building? Absolutely underrated. Um, I don't think people understand how effective a an elite type or just even an average safety can do for a defense where he – is always in the proper positions, discouraging throws from being thrown in the deep middle. You look at look at Earl Thomas when he was you know in his in his prime with the Seattle Seahawks. He was the deep free safety. Teams just avoided throwing in the middle of the field because if he was roaming there, he was he was intercepting that pass, breaking things up. He was just, he wasn't allowing catches to be caught right there. <laughs> and you look over the you know Ed Reed and he had a Troy Palomalu who was a more of a rover type guy, but. If you can get a guy in that back end that can lock down it help, and, and it shut down the middle of the field, it's tremendously valuable to to a defense because where where quarterbacks quarterbacks like to throw to the sidelines more often, but where where the more valuable throws are are the middle of the field if they can connect on them. And if the, you have a defense that can shut those down, it makes it makes it makes the quarterback throw harder throws, which are to the sidelines. Those are harder throws than over the middle of the field. So when you, especially with now with the play action game being so prevalent in the NFL and teams moving towards that with the RPOs, teams they're they're trying to scheme things up in the middle of the field. So having John Johnson, especially with an upgrade, when you talk about you know Andrew Sende, who now who is not you know he was never going to be the full time starter, but he had to be because of injuries. You, you, you upgrade from him, who was one, you know, bottom five in the NFL last year, to John Johnson, who even if he doesn't perform as the, you know, he graded as the third best safety in the NFL last year for us, and the third most valuable, even if he's at, you know, in the 10 to 15 range, that monster of an upgrade is going to be spell a lot of wins for the Cleveland Browns this coming season. You know, and, and and I I think the the safety is a as a position that's underrated too. I, I think. Um, when you got a guy back there, I, I just remember watching Troy Palomalu and Ed Reed for years in their prime playing against the Cleveland Browns in this division, and it was just daunting. It would just be like, I, we can't throw the ball. The guys buy the football all the time. He just seems like he knows where the ball is going. And if you have anybody else in your front, you know, seven, um, and not to mention he, they had Ray Lewis too, like one of the one of the greatest linebackers to put a helmet. That was cheating. It was a cheat code. I, I didn't like it. I, you know, I'm gonna leave that subject alone because I'm was so it, hurt. Was it because the Browns couldn't pass the ball? Was that because of the defenses they were going up against, or because they didn't have a, you know, a good offense? <laughs> well, you, well, you know what? That might be a thing too. We were hot garbage on offense all those years. We had Colt McCoy, and Muhammad Masakwa, so uh, that <laughs> that's not a leaked combination, if you want to ask me. Um, we when you look. Last question here. Um, I was, you know, I kind of floated this to you as well. Not only the philosophy about whether certain positions, but uh, are underrated versus overrated. Um, Talking about whether or not 
different philosophies work. Um, we've seen philosophies come and go in the league, right? Uh, we saw, you know, you know, teams just line up in the I formation formation and just run a ball like the Washington Redskins or a, a lot of the NFC teams. Then you had the West Coast offense where it was everybody ran West Coast offense, the Packers, the Eagles, the 49ers, quick, short passes where you're, you're trying to get guys um, run after catch, throwing the balls in the flats. And then we, we saw run and shoot. Uh, with the Falcons and the Houston Oilers and and the uh, Detroit Lions, where they would line up and do you know do the run and shoot and, and throw the football with four receivers. Um, nowadays, it, it's a mix of things, and I'm I'm wondering, do you do you believe um, that there's teams that can win any certain way? And, and I'll give you an example. Do you believe it is possible with today's rules that a traditional run dominant run heavy team without an elite quarterback can win or a team with with a an elite defense i mean all-time great defense and an average offense like do you believe some of those those type uh you know archetypes can, can actually be successful with the rules and the way things work today i i don't think so and i think you look at the, the last team that had a, like an elite dominant defense to win the Super Bowl were the Denver Broncos in twenty, you know, twenty fifteen season, twenty sixteen Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl fifty. But the problem is they had Peyton Manning as their quarterback, who while he had a noodle arm and was def, definitely not playing at the type of level that we were accustomed to seeing of Peyton Manning, he's still Peyton Manning in the brain, and he know, knows exactly you know the, the types of plays to get the team into the, the all the audibles that he was able to do. So it's kind of like that's a kind of a cheating in terms of saying that was a dominant defense and, you know, poor offense because you still had Peyton Manning running that that ship. You know, you look at the Seattle Seahawks a, a few years prior um, where they, they, you know, they stomped the Denver Broncos who had that high-flying offense. Um, but, again, they, they, and they had an elite running game. They had elite defense. But Russell Wilson, I would say, was underrated at that time who was a very good quarterback even though it was only his second year. So I, I would say that from a – that type of – you know, philosophy style is probably not going to be winning the Super Bowl for a while. Um, everything happens cyclically in, in the NFL, right? You, you look at um, there was a long stretch of, of play where you, you had dominant defenses and dominant run games that would win Super Bowls. Um, but prior, you know, prior you'd have like the San Francisco 49ers who won Super Bowls based on their offense back in the 80s. And, and everything, everything comes in, in a cycle. So it, I don't see foresee right now that, that the run game and, and defense is going to start winning again, but you can, you can have a really good team with that. It's going to be really difficult to, to get over the hump. If you do not have that elite level quarterback, because you look at, Hey, I mean, just look at Tom Brady over the, the course of his career. He's been to 10 Super Bowls or whatever it is. And, and there's one seven of them. And you, you need that elite level quarterback to get to that Super Bowl. You know, just look at the AFC you had, you know, now Patrick Mahomes is being in it, but Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, those were the guys going to the Super Bowl every single year. So you need you, you it really has come, become that that league, and I don't see it moving away from that. That you need the elite quarterback, even if you don't, even if you have all other pieces, you still need that elite quarterback. John, great insight as always. I appreciate you stopping in the barbershop on this Saturday. We'll talk to you again very soon. Yeah, my pleasure, G. Bush. You have a great rest of your weekend. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.